Hi, I'm Casey Mraz, and you're listening to the Lawyer Mastermind Podcast, where we help attorneys grow their law firms by interviewing experts who can fast track their success. Hey everybody, I'm Casey Mraz from the Legal Mastermind Podcast. Today I'm here with Tom Gardner from Gardner, Coke, Weisberg, and Rona. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining me today. Hey, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And you know, today we're going to be covering the topic, how do you manage your firm for remote employees? So as I understand it, before COVID, was your firm remote at all or was everybody working from an office? Everybody worked for an, from an office, but we had we have multiple offices. So uh, we did have uh, employees that would be at our Naperville office when our real hub office is in Chicago. Okay, got it. Um, and then, but they were all working from one of the offices. And was your computer set up? Uh, did everybody have desktop computers or what, were they on laptops? All desktops. Got it. So tell me a little bit about that transition, when you made it and what that was like. I think we made the transition about March 19th. Uh, when the, uh, I think, governor gave his initial um, proclamation or emergency order. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about doing it before that time because obviously some states were requiring the remote work. And uh, we, the partners met and consulted with some of the, uh, the business manager and the office manager and we wanted to make sure that our staff were equipped to do things remotely as well as the lawyers. The lawyers were already equipped to really handle things remotely. Staff also, as it turned out, were pretty well equipped. Okay, got it. Well, that's good. So uh, were there any challenges that you faced? Yeah, there definitely were challenges. Um, I think uh, people were used to working in the office. They were more efficient in the office. Uh, Often they had multiple computer screens in the office and they only had one at home. Good point. Um, the, I think the initial inclination of people was that they worked collaboratively more if they were next to the other people they were working with or they sure. stopped by the office of the other person. Uh, so uh, they, while I, we certainly were used to picking up the phone and calling somebody in the Naperville office or someone uh, would call someone in Chicago from a location or from court or someplace like that, uh, not nearly the frequency that's occurred since that time. Got it. Now, from a, a software perspective, you know, obviously there's some challenges of if you have an in-office operation and if your case management software is not on the cloud and things like that, do you use a case management software that is cloud-based? No. So how have so you navigated right. that challenge? <laughs> there, there, uh, yeah, we, it, it hasn't really been a big problem. We okay. have our own systems and we have Outlook as a primary source of docketing and information like that. We have systems that are kind of triple um, checked so that things appear in different locations to make sure that court dates aren't missed or deadlines aren't missed, et cetera. Uh, and ironically, we have been planning to go to a cloud-based system before all this hit. Oh, but geez, we didn't okay. make it in time. 
bad timing, but at least you got the, uh, the initial research started. It sounds like. Yes. So, so that's one uh, thing. I'm glad that you were able to, uh, to navigate that. Now, what about the courts? Are they open uh, throughout Illinois and are the, how are uh, they handled? Actually, uh, it depends on the location courts in Cook County. So the Chicagoland area are open for emergencies, but we have had about 98% of our court dates canceled. That might be too wow. low a number. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. Almost everything. So uh, for a law firm that normally handles between 30 and 40 court dates a week, wow. so 120 to 160 court dates a month. Now I'll bet you in the last month we've had five. Wow. Okay. And most and of those have not been in Cook County. Uh, in uh, DuPage County, we've had some hearings. Uh, we've had uh, hearings in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. but Cook County is way behind the curve on this. Wow. Okay. And the ones that you have, have they been remote or uh, have you actually had to go in? No, they've been remote. So uh, I have a, a conference next week by Zoom. I had a telephone conference call this week. We had a Zoom call in a DuPage case. So that's, you know, close to half of the number of court calls there have been. If you look at um, Texas, for example, they just celebrated having their 10,000th Zoom call. Wow. For okay. Court. We're yeah, a little behind. Definitely you're way ahead of others. I guess it just, like you were saying, depends on the county. And that's interesting because that's going to create quite a, a backlog, huh? It's going to be a huge backlog, but... Um, what it really means is that the law firms are suffering. The litigation mm -hmm. law firms are not bringing in the revenue they normally would. The cases are not being pushed as much. Depositions are being canceled. Judges aren't ruling on pending motions. So it's as if uh, two months at this point have effectively vanished. Wow, that's crazy. And, you know, obviously it, it, as a law firm, well, any business, you depend on cash flow and you know, being able to work your cases is very important. So I can, I can see that that's a major challenge right now. Are there other things, are mediations still happening or anything like that? Uh, I think there are mediations happening to an extent. Uh, I think the, the calculus that we make is, would the mediation be as successful mm -hmm. if it was done remotely or via Zoom versus in person? So, in making that calculation, we look at the people involved and sometimes we conclude that really the person, the, the nature of the person that we have as a client, uh, it would be important for that person to be present in person with the mediator to have the impact. In other cases, if there are more um, stereotypical cases with more legal arguments than they are with factual arguments or with um, lawyers calling the shots more than clients calling the shots in a way in terms of recommendations to the client. Those would, I think, be better suited to having a Zoom mediation or remote mediation of some sort. Uh, the third category is there, there's a mediation that I'm going to do at the end of this month where we're just going to use social distancing within the mediation. So I think that will okay. go ahead, uh, but uh, we'll have to see what uh, we'll have to see how things play out on that. Sure. Wow. Well, yeah. And I think you make a good point there. That's not something that I had really 
considered, but it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, some of those are going to work out better than others and you have to make those calls. Um, so that sounds like another just kind of roadblock that's in your way right now. It, it is a roadblock, but uh, I really think that the judges and the court systems could respond to this by just implementing Zoom uh, case management uh, dates or mm -hmm. teleconferences. There's a lot of things that could be done to still move the cases along. And um, I would hope that those things are gonna be implemented soon, especially in Cook County, because it's hurting all of the law firms. Sure, and what's your gut feeling on that? Do you think they're responsive to that or? So far, uh, at least in Cook County, uh, the response has not been uh, particularly encouraging. Got it. Wow. Well, hopefully uh, they you know do a 180 on that and they're able to uh, adopt technology. I mean, it is 2020 and the, everything's available to at least get by. So that's really interesting. Uh, that's the approach that they're taking right now. How do you foresee this playing out in six months or a year? Well, in terms of uh, changes in the court system? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there are going to be uh, that many changes uh, within the court system if the, um, the, if the restrictions are eased. If people get to go back to court, I think that in a bigger court system like Cook County, the Chicago court system, basically, you're going to have things return to how they were just because there's a tradition of doing that. You're going to have some judges that are going to say, uh, I've been exposed to doing things differently and I'm going to consider doing things differently. Mm -hmm. um, but I think those will be in the minority in the Chicago market. Now, if you look at other places, they, uh, ironically, the non-metropolitan areas are way ahead of many of the metropolitan areas. By wow. sure view, and, and the reason for that is that those areas have had to deal with distance. So if you have a county that covers a large square mile area, uh, but only has a couple of courthouses, the lawyers have to drive an hour plus to get to court, sometimes for a 10 minute court call. Yeah, good point. So uh, what in those rural areas and outlying areas, they are far more aggressive about doing things by phone, especially phone with call-ins, et cetera. You can do cases, you can probably do 90% of cases in Wisconsin without going to court. Wow, that's incredible. So if you have, a, let's say you have a summary judgment argument, a big argument, motion to dismiss, um, trial, of course, pretrial conference, those things you're going to go to court for. But in mm -hmm. terms of just case management, discussing what the future court dates are, discovery issues, things like that, really judges are very open to having the lawyers not appear by court in, in court. Got it. It makes sense. And, you know, again, that's kind of the route that they should be taking, it seems like. So it's funny that the smaller areas are the ones that are having the most success with that right now. Um, and let's kind of shift the conversation just a little bit <clears throat> to talk about, you know, how the management has been too for your remote employees. So um, we talked a little bit about the case management software. How do you stay in touch? Well, first of all, how big is your firm employee wise? And then how do you all stay in touch and in communication? 
Uh, we have about uh, 24 employees or so, and there's somewhere around uh, 18 lawyers or so. Okay. Um, most of the contact has been uh, via phone. There's a weekly docketing meeting of all lawyers except some partners uh, that is held on Wednesdays. That's by Zoom, so everybody gets to see each other at that time by Zoom. Um, partners meetings traditionally are held one time a week. Those have been by conference call, but I think we're gonna start doing those by Zoom now as well. Um, so the communication actually, I think has been pretty good because people have adapted to the situation uh, because they had to. Exactly, you know, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think our people would have preferred to just walk across the hallway and talk to somebody but now everyone's picking up the phone and uh, talking to them that way or doing Zoom where it's appropriate. Sure, yeah, and that seems to be what I'm hearing a lot and, and what I feel is the best anyway. Some firms use instant message. Is that something that you adopted at all? Um, we did a little bit, I mean, we have a Slack channel. Okay. And some people ha are, are using that, but we haven't fully uh, adapted that. Uh, I think because of the the nature of how this occurred, uh, we just immediately had to make a transition to things that were in place as opposed exactly. to do thing, doing things that weren't in place. No, yeah, and of course, like with any software or any process even, if you don't have um, adoption, it's not really going to do anybody any good. <laughs> right. So. We've had some difficulty in terms of um, remote staff in particular um, because... I don't think they're as efficient at, at home as the lawyers are. They have different responsibilities and they don't have a full office, many of them at home in the way that lawyers are just used to having. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody in our place has a, at least one computer, a laptop, a printer, printer scanner type thing, and they're, they're equipped. For staff, less so, more dependent upon the office. Uh, every staff member has said to us that they're, more productive at the office. So oh, what it. we've done is re we've rotated staff through the office during the crisis. And we've, st we've just had a, a lawyer or two in the office during that time, more staff than lawyers. Sure. Yeah, no. And that's, that's definitely an interesting approach as well. So you can still get in there and, and if your employees find it more productive, that's definitely important. What advice would you give? Um, to not necessarily your employees, but other law firms who have uh, remote staff and how maybe they can be more efficient at home. I don't know if you found anything uh, through your conversations that might help. No, you know, I, I don't know. I, I looked at programs that I haven't adapted because we really trust our employees. But if you look at some of the um, software that's out there for companies that do huge remote operations, you sign in, you sign out, they track the time, they track the keystrokes. You can do some of that with Slack even. But we have elected not to do that just because uh, we generally trust our employees. And, and it's, I guess it was well taken to trust them because they, they'll confide in us saying, you know, we're not really as productive operating this way. Um, there's some projects within the office that, in terms of organizing things and doing future projects and things like that that are kind of more physical than they are mental too. 
And those are the sort of things that would normally take place when you have some level of slowdown. So, um, so anyway, uh, we've tried to deal with some of those uh, issues remotely, but I, I'm not so sure that I feel we've been uh, tremendously successful at increasing productivity uh, from staff. I also think though that because of the court slowdown, uh, staff has less to do. Yeah. So um, we have staff submit timesheets to us showing what they're doing at home for lawyers. And one of the complaints is we don't have as much work as we normally had before the courts were compromised. Got it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a learning experience and that's a big problem, of course, going back to that, uh, you know, it sounds like Cook County in particular. So what about um, new case intake? Is that slowed? Yes, uh, we still have case intake, but it's slowed just because um, the pandemic and the recession are taking a big toll on businesses. So on the business side of our practice, um, I think the businessmen are very conservative. And what I'm seeing is the same mentality that I saw during the Great Recession, where businesses would look at cases and bringing cases, defending cases, dealing with cases in a, a way that they did, didn't before the recession hit, in the Great Recession and now in our current recession. So uh, what, you, what, what I have seen and what I predict we will continue to see is the, the folks that would otherwise fight to the death sometimes uh -huh. will say, uh, what about mediation? <laughs> or yeah. how can we resolve this? Or why don't we see if we can get in a room together and do something that makes sense for everybody here? So on the business side, definitely it's having an impact. I think not um, meeting with people has a big impact too. Uh, some of the business people, individuals, whoever the potential client may be, they like to at least look their lawyer in the eye, shake their hand, et cetera. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a more reluctance to just say, oh, this disembodied voice <laughs> is uh, now my lawyer. <laughs> so uh, I think that's a hesitation. Now, on the other side of things, we have a really active personal injury practice active uh, family law practice. Uh, in those areas, I think the recession has caused a slowdown in family law cases coming in, uh, very personal cases, so they probably wanna be present as well. But with all the economic uncertainty, I think uh, this is not the time that people are thinking to get divorced. They're thinking about how do we keep a, a roof over our heads yeah, good perspective. Uh, on, on the personal injury front and uh, medical malpractice front uh, and nursing home front, for that matter, those are big practice areas for us. On the nursing home front, there's immunity right now and they're shut down. So okay. there well. wouldn't be visitations anyway. Yeah. On the medical malpractice front, the, there a lot of uh, surgeries are not taking place. Most elective surgeries are being delayed. So we don't have a whole lot of intake. We're on the plaintiff side on these cases. And on the personal injury front, people are, aren't driving so much that insurance companies are giving them refunds. <laughs> so there yeah, are fewer exactly. accidents. Mm -hmm. Less accidents. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't know how it is over there. I know in California, you know, accidents are down 50%. Um, I have not looked at the statistics there, but I'm assuming it's same or similar. Yeah, you probably actually drive down the 405 and enjoy it. Yeah, you can actually get down the 405. So that's a first. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, wow. So in primarily as far as an advertising vehicle, are you online referral? And I was just curious if those channels specifically saw any type of difference in slowdown. Yeah, I haven't really studied those very closely, but I would say that um, referral is our main source of business. Probably 80% of our cases come from other lawyers. That has definitely slowed down because the other lawyers aren't working as much and um, they're not getting as many cases. And it's just kind of like uh, there aren't as many touches to other people. Yeah, And so as a result, We've had, of course, we still are getting cases in, but not what I would view as our regular volume. In terms of uh, online, we don't do really advertising per se. We, we have a newsletter. We send it out to people. It's informative. It's useful to people. We've mm-hmm. put a lot of things out on uh, COVID-19 in terms of employment law issues. And we have a very active employment law area right now because of all the impact here. So, and in that area, we definitely had lots of phone calls when uh, COVID-19 was just rearing its head and people were looking at the recession and the governors were starting to close things down. And uh, the business owners were calling saying, we need to lay people off and talking about strategies and laying people off and what our advice was. Then once the, funding programs came in, the PPP, et cetera. Then the calls came to us about the programs and the strategies and taking the, the money and, and eligibility and things like that. Yeah. So the two would then dovetail because you deal with how would the PPP fund things for a business that's looking at laying off lawyers or laying off employees. Uh, so, so, and then who do you lay off, right? So if you look yeah. at, at those programs, um, it's not so simple uh, to say, oh, we've got this amount of money, I can spend it on payroll because there are restrictions on who gets paid the money. So executives don't necessarily get paid all of that money. There's limits uh, Mm -hmm. in that. So you have to look at who gets laid off, who gets brought back, what percentage they get brought back at, and then the biggest issue there is when you look at those factors, you're, you're considering um, the forgiveness aspect of the PPP. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is the business owners, most of whom went through the Great Recession, are intent on using the money for eligible expenses, but not having a loan at the end of the year. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's 75% payroll, right? Or it qualifies yeah, expenses, it, I guess. Yeah. It, it's 75% of, uh, well, your payroll is eligible. Um, employees can be reduced by 25% of their pay and still be considered a full-time employee. Got it. If okay. you don't return your full-time employee count to what it was on February 15th of 2020, then you get penalized. 
So some of it becomes a loan, not a grant. And for employees who make more than $100,000 a year, the you get a prorated amount. So up to $100,000, you can use for payroll. Amounts over $100,000, you cannot use the PPP money or it becomes a loan. Got it. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people, well, those that have got it are definitely going to need to uh, stay on top of that. And I'm sure this round of funding, I'm not sure where it's at now, but I'm sure it's probably going to be gone soon. Yeah, it's, uh, I, people have been funded uh, pretty well this last time. I don't know. I, I've been hearing more people getting the money for this second round than the first round, I got mostly calls of frustration. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe it. There was, that was all of the talk everywhere, uh, everywhere I looked anyway. So, wow, that's incredible. And, you know, going back to your employment side of things, I think what you're doing there is really awesome, staying relevant with that newsletter. You know, it's hard because your firm doesn't sound like you do a lot of traditional advertising or anything like that, uh, since you're based on a lot of referrals, but you still need to stay relevant. And you're doing that by giving away information or tips through your newsletter and, and staying in people's minds. And really that's probably what you need to do right now. So I really like that approach uh, of what you're doing. I think it's been successful. We've had so many compliments from people and thank yous from people. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was good to do that and it's important for our clients. So we had to stay on top of that area. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like that uh, you, know, you are running a great firm uh, with you know, a great brand and sounds like you also have a great group of people so, um, you know, navigating this, it, you know, I think you guys are going to do uh, just fine. And I hope that things kind of return to normal uh, quickly <laughs> for you, especially in Cook County. Do you have any parting advice for uh, anybody that's in this situation and their firm is struggling uh, on what they should do? Well, I think, the, um, I think the most important thing to do is to be conservative about the situation. I think that there are going to be plenty of law firms, especially uh, mid and smaller sized law firms, who are going to hope that they can change nothing and get through this time period. And um, the bigger law firms are being more aggressive about it. They're cutting staff, cutting pay, making different moves. But the smaller firms, I think, are going to be more likely to just cross their fingers and hope that things get back to normal. And I don't think that is a reasonable approach to the situation, because I don't think, based on the Great Recession experience that we had, that things will get back to normal that quickly. Um, it may, things may get back to normal in terms of people going to the grocery store and doing the day-to-day shopping and getting things at Home Depot for the summertime and things like that. But um, for law firms, I think that uh, there are a lot of other expenditures that will be first in people's minds and executives' minds before coming to law. (laughs) So so that's why I think we will be lagging in terms of recovery. Got it. Well, you know, you've been through some of this before. And, you know, your experience is very valuable. So I appreciate you sharing that and that insight with uh, our audience. So, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I really appreciate it and look forward to catching up again uh, soon in the future. Thank you, Casey.